0: Lord, everybody. Amen. Amen. That's what happens when you're spoiled and used to just being on. (laughs) Amen. God bless you. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Um, Thank God for our our guest tonight, Brother Cole. Good to have him here. His first time here. Someone told him about our church and it's good to have him in the house tonight (laughs) with us. Amen. So I want to, uh, talk to you for a little while this evening uh, from the book of um, Second Timothy, if you would turn there with me real quickly. And while you find that, let me take a moment to thank Pastor Shepherd for yet another opportunity to stand behind this sacred desk and minister the word of God unto us tonight. Amen. I want to be read from Second Timothy, the fourth chapter, and we'll begin reading at verse number one. Amen. The word of the Lord is so recorded. Paul writes, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, at his appearing. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Lord have mercy. Is that what kind of night it's going to be tonight? Oh, that's right. I'm right. I'm right. Jesus, help me. Verse 1. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts, they shall heap unto themselves teachers. Having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of the evangelists, make full proof of thy ministry. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for. Your people that have gathered tonight, Lord God, to hear from you. I pray, God, that you would anoint these lips of clay, that they might speak your words. God, help us tonight, Lord God. Feed our hearts. Encourage us tonight, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. I want to talk to you for a little while tonight from this thought. I want to talk to you about small things. Some small things. So, uh, this is a very familiar passage of scripture. Paul writing to... Uh, his uh, son in the gospel, Timothy. And when I read the text, it's, and it's, it's funny to me how God operates because sometimes, you know, you can read a text and no matter how, how many times you've read it, the Lord has a way of opening up and showing, showing you something that you've never seen before. And so I had somewhat of an epiphany this afternoon when I was uh, rehearsing this. And uh, first of all, Paul is talking to Timothy, and as I was studying, I realized that there were, he's talking to Timothy, but then there's another group of people in here that he's talking about, and so he gives Timothy a charge, first of all, and he tells him what he wants him to do, to preach the word, be instant with it, in season and out of season telling him what to do as a leader in the gospel, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Then he says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And so it, it left me or it led me to conjecture because now I'm wondering who they is. And it brings me to, uh, it brings to memory when I was a young uh, soldier in in, in the military. I had gone into one of my senior leaders' office for what it it escapes me, but I remember going in and saying to him, "You know, they said," (laughs) and he rebuffed me in no uncertain terms. He said, "Who is they?" Who is they? And, and I, to this day, I remember that, you know. And, and so I, it, what it did for me is it, it's, it taught me that when I'm going to speak with anyone or, or deliver a message or whatever, I carry a name. I, 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 wanna, I want you to know who, who said it, who I'm talking about, not just, you know, get away from we, us, and they. Because Who is they? And so because Paul wrote it this way, now I'm left with conjecture as to who he's talking about. Is he talking about the church? Or is he talking about just general people in the world? It's a valid question. Who is they? And so now I'm going to try to, I probably won't have time to do both. Uh, address it as if he's talking to the world and as if he's talking to the church. I'm going to start with the church first. I probably won't even get to the world tonight. But um, when I think about in this age that we, we live in, we live in this what we call the information age. And everyone has access in this age. You name a subject, you can find something about it. You know, I've learned how to do some amazing things by watching YouTube. I mean, you'll be surprised what you can learn how to do. You can save yourself some hardcore cash by watching YouTube. You can also kill yourself. by missing a small detail on YouTube. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) Now, so, because everyone has access, you know, everyone thinks they're a teacher. And that becomes a dangerous thing when it comes to the Word of God. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki, in his uh, book, rich dad, poor dad, he says that years ago in times past, people who owned land had the wealth. And then as time progressed, industry came along. And people who were uh, owned factories and, and were in industries had the wealth. But in this day and age, People who have information are the most wealthiest people in the world today. That's why social media wants to know everything about you. Because the more information they have about you, the more they can tell you what to buy. Huh? It's like I'm talking, saying, you know what, I need me a new pair of shoes, and then, pow, shoes pop up. Anybody that ever happened to anybody? And, and I didn't even type it in before I even go to the Google search. You know, it's like it's reading my mind. And then it pops up and says, Here they are. The right color you want. Aren't these the one you're talking about? And then three days later, Amazon brings it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even realize I've been played. That's the information age that we live in. But the problem with the information age, when it comes to the word of God, everybody's a teacher, but everybody's not teaching the truth. Right. Amen? And so, because there is so much access, people develop what I call, uh, I call it M&A syndrome. It's the Miriam and Aaron syndrome. Because Miriam and Aaron had a problem with the woman that Moses married in the 12th chapter of the book of Numbers. And because they didn't like the woman he married, they began to speak against him. And they said, Does God only speak to Moses? And that's the attitude that people have in this information age because they can look at a, a, a YouTube video or they can, uh, or, you know, read some, some, some commentary about the Bible and now they feel the authority to challenge the man that God has anointed and called to lead a ministry. But God's not pleased with that. We must realize that the church is God's order. It wasn't something that man made up. God established his church. It wasn't something that somebody just decided that this would be a great idea idea to do. God orchestrated this line upon line and precept upon precept. And even in the case with Miriam and and, and Aaron, God called them out. He said, come outside, all three of you. Moses, Aaron, and, and Miriam. And he began to rebuff them, saying, "How is it that you weren't afraid to speak against my servant?" Moses didn't elevate himself. God chose Moses and elevated him to be the leader of his people. And so God struck Miriam down with leprosy. Why? Because she challenged who he put in charge, and the same one that she spoke against, who had to pray for her that God for God to deliver her. It was the same one that she spoke against that God has to, had to use to deliver her from her leprosy, and so. In this age that we live in, because everyone feels like they have a portion of the truth and they don't need a a pastor or they don't need to come to church to to hear the word of God. I I would say to anyone, if that's your mentality, that you don't need to be in church, you've got the wrong spirit. Because there is no way I'm going to be filled with God's spirit and not want to fellowship with his people. Aside the fact when the Bible tells us not to forsake the assemblings of ourselves together. God designed it this way. Why? Because he knew that we would need each other. He knew that there would be a brother or a sister that, that would you would have. May not. It may not be for you. It may be someone else that you have to lay your hand on their shoulder and encourage them for what they're going through. You can't do that at home laying in the bed. Well, God called me to a street ministry. Okay? And when you minister to them, what are you going to do with them? You've got to send them somewhere To be discipled, there is a need for the church. We need the church. There is no place like the church. The church is God's vehicle to get us to heaven. Well, there are hypocrites in the church. I said this before. When you get to work tomorrow, look to your left and right and see if there's any hypocrites in there. You're going to quit? While I work from home. Look in the mirror. (laughs) You're going to quit? There's hypocrites everywhere. There's good and bad people in everything. But the good doesn't outweigh the bad. This is the number one thing on the planet Earth. This is God's house. Everyone's a teacher. Everyone has the answer. So Paul tells Timothy that there's coming a time that they, I'm dealing with church folks now, will not endure sound doctrine. Now, as it relates to church folks, I've had conversations with with folks who believe that, you know, you can't lose your salvation. They believe that you can come to God, and once you come to God, once you confess at your mouth and believe in your heart, you're saved forever. You can go and, and, and commit all the sins you want, and you'll be okay. They don't believe there's no such thing as backsliding. They say, well, 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 if you backslid, then you never were committed in the first place. I mean, it it just doesn't make sense. And, And it's not scriptural, number one. So what happens? How does a person backslide? How does it get to that point? I'm telling you, it doesn't happen overnight. Huh? It doesn't happen, you know, just in a week's time. It happens gradually when you allow small things to come into your space. Little things that you that you just subtly allow to come in. And when you start allowing little things to come in, you it, you become complacent. it'll be okay. It's just a little bit. Huh? I I had a friend of mine one time, really good friend of mine. And I I know he did it. to He he wanted to challenge me to see if I was who I said I was. We were, well, I can't say too much because if I say that, then you'll know who I'm talking about. Let me let me think. We were in a place. Things were busy. And this person suddenly came up and things were fast. And he just dropped a, 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 a glass of something, a drink. He said, here, I, I brought you something to drink. And I looked at him. I said, man, I, I don't drink. He said, well, I didn't know. I thought you would just, you know, have... have No, 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 and and I could see what he was trying to do. He didn't. He didn't think. I I saw exactly what he was trying to do. He was trying to test if I was who I say. You see, when God delivered me from alcohol, He delivered me from alcohol. (laughs) You feel what I'm saying? When he delivered me from cigarettes, he delivered me from cigarettes. I have no urge. I have no desire. I don't want a little bit. I don't want a taste. I don't want anything of it because God delivered me from it. And I don't understand how, how, how people can lay on an altar and cry and sweat and tear and snot for God to deliver them. And then turn again. Like the scripture says, the dog has it turned to his own vomit. Don't you remember how hard it was for God to pull you out of that mess? And when they come with just that little piece, that little something. It it, it brings to mind, uh, and this just came to me. Anybody know who Lynn Bias is? Beside Brother Walker. Brother Walker's a basketball purist, so I know he knows. N- n- you know the name Lynn Bias? Lynn Bias was a college graduate. Lynn Bias had received a uh, contract with the Boston Celtics. He was headed to the NBA. Millionaire instantly. And one night, now, I don't know if it's true or not, but the story says that it was his first time trying cocaine. They said it was his first. Now, people who knew him may say different, but the, the article, what, the new, what we got, said it was his first time tr- trying cocaine. He died that night. Just a, just, just a little bit. Just, just See, that's how the devil operates. He just wants to give you just a little. People who, who've gotten hooked on cocaine. From what I've heard. What I've heard. <laughs> I've heard that when they try cocaine. That the first high is so blissful. And they get hooked on it because they are constantly trying to achieve that high again. And it never comes. That's what they say. (laughs) No, I've never tried cocaine. (laughs) But my point is, saints, you can't play with a little bit. Because a little bit turns into a little bit more, and a little bit more turns into a little bit more turns into a lot, and after a while, you've got yourself hooked into something that you can't get out of. I've told you the story before of, of a friend of mine uh, some, some, some years ago, and I don't know why these stories are coming to me. It's for somebody though. One, one of my one of my best friends, he, he told me the story of. How he had gotten hooked on cocaine, almost lost his whole career. Luckily, he had done such a good job uh, at his job that they cared enough about him to send him to get help rather than fire him. Because he was such a good employee. And he told me, he said, I got hooked on cocaine. Because the young lady he was dating, he said, (laughs) the young lady that he was dating, he said he would have, they they were smoking marijuana, what have you. He said when he had marijuana, it was different than when she had it. And he said he asked her one night. He said, why does yours taste so much better? Or smokes better, whatever it is. She says, oh, because I laced mine with cocaine. He was hooked on it and didn't even know. That's how the enemy operates. Okay, let me leave this stuff alone. (laughs) listen so now it's the small things that we don't pay attention to that gets us take for instance anybody remember the the uh, space shuttle challenger Ron McNair Ron McNair is the one I remember mostly because he was from Florence South Carolina where near my hometown and that thing was 177,000 700 pounds. The wingspan was 78.1 feet. It was 58.6 feet wide. Had flown 10 flights total. But when it exploded in midair, they said the cause of that catastrophe, it was caused by an O-ring That cost 70 cents. A little O-ring that cost 70 cents. Brought down this massive vehicle. It's an analogy of what will happen to you when you play with the devil. And when it comes to the word of God and what Paul is telling Timothy here. That there is a kind of come a time. When people won't listen to sound doctrine. How how do they get to that point? This this broke my heart. Uh, Is is this okay? Are we just having a little family talk tonight? Is that all right? Huh? (laughs) But this broke my heart. A few, maybe two weeks ago. I'm sitting in a restaurant. And. Out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy standing here, Sister Richardson. And I don't pay him any attention because, you know, he's got a beard. And I, don't, I, I, just, I just, he's like somebody I don't know. And I start talking. And he walks up to my table and said, I thought I recognized that voice. And so when I looked at him, I said, oh, hey, brother. I knew the guys. Hey, what's up, man? What's going on? And, you know, I said, man, I thought you were gone because the brother used to attend this church. I thought he had gone on something. He said, no, I've been here. He says, but you know what? He says, I found the truth. And me, with my, my ignorant self, I, I'm, I'm thinking, because we, t- we were talking about his wife, and I, and I thought, that, you know, he found out something about his wife, and they had got a divorce, and that's what I was thinking about. He said, I found the truth. And I said, well, listen, let me get down to eating. He was by himself. I said, You by yourself? He said, well, Let me get down to eating and I'll I'll come talk with you afterwards. So I ate and I sat down and talked to him. And he says again, he said, I found the truth. And I said, What are you talking about? And he starts talking about uh what did he say? The 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 Oh Lord. Anyway, he starts using talking to, uh, about God using the Old Testament names. It, not, it wasn't Yahweh. He said the, uh, what's the, the most high. He said the most high. He starts referring to God as the most high. The most high said this and the most high said that and the most high said this. and I said, man, <laughs> and you know me sometimes, especially when it comes to f- foolery. What are you talking about? Where did you get this from? Well, a friend of mine sent me this video. And now he's convinced that we have to go back to living under the law of Moses. And I'm saying, how in the world can you sit under, in a a church and experience and see the power of the Holy Ghost manifested and tell me that you, we got, so, so wait a minute, I got a question for you because, and I said to him, now if you're going to live under the law, you can't live under half of it. You got to live under all of it. So, so w- when's your next sacrifice? Huh? I, I want to see the next cow that you slaughter and pour the blood over the, over the altar. I want to see the tabernacle that you're worshiping in. Because if you're living under the law, you can't live under half of it. And let me tell you, saints, and, you know, they, they, it's so funny, you know, the, the most high and all this great. Listen, I love all of the Old Testament names, and I'm not diminishing any of them. I love to hear God talked about as El Shaddai. I love to hear people preach about Elohim and, 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 and Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Teskanu and and, uh, and Jehovah Shalom and all of the, the the Old Testament names that God manifested himself to the Old Testament saints by but I read somewhere hallelujah when it comes to Jesus the Bible says that in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily hallelujah And so if I'm in trouble and if I'm in a storm, if I need to get a prayer through, I'm not sitting here trying to think about all the Old Testament names. I just have to call on one name. I just say, Jesus. Oh, glory. And he responds to my need by the mentioning of his name. Demons have to flee when you mention the name of Jesus. Jesus. There is salvation in none other, none under heaven given among men, whereby we what must be saved. There is power in the name of Jesus, the Most High. Jesus is the Most High. Hallelujah. He died for me. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Now, Paul says to Timothy that the time will come where men will not, or they, will not endure sound doctrine. I'm wrapping up here. That word, endure, from the original Greek, literally means... To hold oneself up erect against. Men or they will not endure or they will not hold themselves up erect against sound doctrine. And so when I think about us holding ourselves or or someone holding themselves erect, you know what comes to mind? Now, you know, you you hear messages and you hear uh, good sermons all the time. Some years ago, Brother Vidal, I think, had everybody, he he just kind of randomly went through the sanctuary and said and asked people to pick uh, or or say something about one of the favorite messages that pastor had preached that that stuck with them. And so when I was reading this and I thought about uh, holding oneself up, erect. One of the messages that pastor preached that, that just stuck with me just instantly From that moment that he spoke it, it just sat in my spirit. It's about, it's a scripture where it says, uh, save yourselves from this untoward generation. And and Pastor elaborated on it that untoward literally means scolios or or bent over. And so when I read what Paul is saying here, and, and, and I just, Juxtapose what what he is saying with an untoward generation that's bent over or that's turned away from God. And I find out that if I'm going to endure, I've got to hold myself up erect with sound doctrine. Listen, I don't want to be a part of this untoward, bent backwards generation. That scoliosis, That's bent over. I want to be able to stand upright on the word of God. But there's coming a time when they will not endure sound doctrine. But they will heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. Somebody sent me a video. It was, I want to say it was George Orwell that said something to the fact that the farther a society goes away from truth, the more they will hate them who speak truth. Is that not prevalent in our society? Huh? And people, what kills me it doesn't kill me cuz i'm still here <laughs> but if you stuck a man, if you stuck a man in downtown columbus and had him preach to a tree and preached that that tree was god somebody would follow him I guarantee you somebody will follow him. So what am I telling us? We have to do what Paul told the Corinthian church. We have to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Don't allow anything to come into your space. Don't allow anything to just come into your spirit. Listen, somebody says, well, 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 how do you know that? (laughs) How do you know, Brother Jet, how do you know that Islam is not the way if you haven't ever studied it? You know what I say when they ask me that? I said the Bible says that when a man, hallelujah, has found a goodly pearl, he goes and sells everything he has and he buys that pearl. You see, I bought Jesus some years ago. I don't need anything else. You see, when I found Jesus, I didn't have a design. I don't have a need to look to my heart. Because Jesus died for me. And he convinced me that he was God. How did he do it? Because he filled me with himself. Oh, glory. He came on the inside. He did exact. First of all, he told me he was going to do it. Huh? He wrote in his word. That he was going to go away, but he was going to send a comforter. And that comforter would lead me and guide me into all truth. Oh, glory. And saints of God, I'll never forget. Hallelujah. One Tuesday night, Brother Peter, when I went to an altar and got on my knees and began to pray and the Holy Ghost fell on me. And I began to speak in other tongues. And from that moment, I knew that Jesus was real. I didn't need anything else. So I'm not even going to entertain anything else. Don't even come at me with it. I don't want a little bit of it. Because it's the little things that stand together. That will carry you away. And before you know it, you're swept up into something that you cannot get out of. Stick to sound doctrine. Stick to the the established, engrafted word of God. Stop chasing every little thing that someone comes up with. All of these new fads and new religions, but the church is still here. The church is still here. People are still being filled with the Holy Ghost. People are still being baptized in Jesus' name. People are still being healed. People are still being delivered. The power of God is still moving among us. Why would I go chasing after some rabbit tail? Hallelujah. Space shuttle Challenger. Massive machine exploded because of a 75-cent O-ring. Imagine that. And so many people's lives head toward catastrophe because they allowed a minuscule, a minute, uh, they gave the devil a millisecond of their time. And now they're around here talking about the most high. God, keep us. God, help us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. I pray, God, that you would just keep us close to your word, God. God, help us to stay grounded in truth. God, help us to guard our hearts. You said, out of our heart flows the issues of life. I pray, God, that you put a hedge about us. Oh, God, that we we won't allow just anything to come into our spirits, that we want to just allow anyone to, to whisper into our ear. But I pray, God, that you help us to be grounded in your word. Help us to stand on your word, Lord God. Keep us, Lord. Lead us and guide us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Hug somebody, tell them you love them, and go in peace. God bless you.